This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast. Scott Strandy here live in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you this evening? Uh, we're doing good, Scott. You know, uh, it was a big weekend uh, past, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, California, and we're getting closer and closer to the holidays, and uh, looking forward to seeing my older son again. Haven't seen him since he left, and, uh, you know, big weekend coming up in East Lansing, so there's all kinds of good stuff going on, and... So, you well, know, things are going well. I'm going to apologize from my end up front. I am a little groggy because I've been battling with uh, hopefully not pneumonia, but feels like it could be real close because I've been struggling since, uh, it, you know, it, it's cold in Oceanside and then it's rainy and then it gets nice and we go these 40 degree swings every day. Today it was almost <laughs> 70 if it wasn't 70, but in the morning you wake up and it's 40 and it's like, come on. But you anyway, guys had hell. Oh, we had hail right at my house. As a matter of fact, my apartment complex, the uh, the office was shut down for two days because of damage from hail and and rain. Crazy. So, yeah, it's uh, it's strange stuff. But at all least right. you count your blessings for those seventy five degree days. Uh, oh, <laughs> seventy five. I count my blessings when it's one eighteen ball. I, that's what I <laughs> no, want. Bring I'm, on I'm, I'm in. I am so in. <laughs> so anyway, if I interrupt you about 50 times by coughing and sneezing and hacking, uh, it's just my lungs trying to keep themselves going. All right. So it, for those that don't know, and you've already alluded to it, California is coming up. We did make the announcement today. Three live Facebook live shows, I should say, uh, coming up. Uh, right now we're shooting for 5 p.m. Pacific time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's going to be unique because here's the reason. Friday will be after all the practices are complete. Right. And uh, we'll have a chance to evaluate and maybe get a guest or two on. I've got a couple of people that I've already talked about about maybe coming on with us. Do we know Saturday, what time practice? We don't know what time the practices are yet, though. Do I don't know for sure yet, but I'm sure they'll be well done before 5 p.m. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe we might have to adjust that. But yeah, I, I don't think so. Interviews. I, no, I think they're going in the mornings like they do their morning skates. So Okay. Um, we'll, we'll do that. And then, um, Saturday will be pregame. So we'll get you live pregame before the guys hit the ice. And then the way it works out, hopefully fingers crossed it's at 5 PM on Sunday. We'll be after the game, after right. the post game. And we'll be talking about a uh, Sun Devil sweep of Harvard. Yeah, let's hope that'd be really, really nice. So we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be exciting. You're going to be there. Zach's going to be there. I'm going to be there. So um, we're looking forward to see what happens in Irvine, California at the Great Park Ice, the uh, practice facility of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, that that's down the road. I, I told Coach Powers that before we talked today. I said, you know, there's so many things I want to talk about, but I, we can't get two weeks ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, we don't because, want to do that. Uh, because number nine in the pairwise, your Arizona State Sun Devils, Right. Big jump. They were 18 yes. starting Friday night. Yes. Ending Saturday night, they're number nine. Right. Uh, that was a huge, huge jump. But as Coach Powers tells me, it's only going to get harder from this point forward. And yeah. you can't take any nights off. You got to no, be no. prepared to beat anybody. Well, Even, look, look, you got Michigan State this week that's ranked in yep. the top 20. Uh, then you're going to play Omaha, who if I'm not mistaken, is also I believe so. ranked in the top 20. Uh, and that's kind of a little bit out of nowhere. And then you got the two games against Harvard, and they're also in the top 20. I mean, they only have one loss. So yep. uh, you're talking about a six-game stretch here against really, really good teams, six games in a row not at home. Yep. So um, this is <laughs> part of couple of things I want to throw out, and this is what I took away from the Denver series. Number one okay. is there, there was a Twitter war going on between the media, the Twitter accounts between Denver. Yes, there was. And, yes, there uh, was. 
and ASU leading up to it. And there was clearly, at least from some end of it, a lack of disrespect for the program and where they were going to the quote unquote community rink. Um, you know, the program had only been around three years when it really had been five, the 2000 uniform <laughs> uniforms, jerseys, um, all that good stuff. But let me tell you, after the uh, Saturday night or Saturday afternoon contest, I had a chance to visit with David Carl, just a snippet uh, right. that I re- that we recorded because I wanted to get the one-on-one with him. But, um, I talked to him a little bit off camera and he was humbled, um, very respectful. He, he told me on camera and he told me off. He said, this team's going to be in the national tournament again. There's no doubt in my mind. He goes, this is one of the best teams we've faced. Well, that's, you know, that's a, a big compliment. Uh, I'm sure he was not involved in the uh, Twitter war. No, I'm uh, sure he wasn't. I'm sure he wasn't paying too much attention to that. Um, I want to uh, give a, a a college hockey Southwest Weekly shout out to uh, uh, Josh Schaefer, who was uh, calling the game on the stream. He had the line of the night at the end of the game when he. For those that didn't hear it, throw yeah, it he out basically there. said, uh, "Here at the community rink, ASU beats Denver four to one, or something <laughs> along those lines," and I was <laughs> laughing. And I'm like, if I could have given him a high five right then and there, I'd have been like, that's a, that's a classic line. And he did it very nice and deadpan. He was great. You know, I, I complain about the stream. Okay. I can't, you know, uh, about different things, but when, when, when a line like that is thrown out, got to give the high five. So, um, and that was probably, uh, well, first of all, it definitely was the best game they played all year. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's okay. no doubt about that. Um, maybe, maybe the best game they've ever played? Yeah. Right up, up there? there? It would be right, right up there. there. Top three, right maybe? Top five? If yeah. I sat down and looked at the, at, at the games again? Um, you'd have a hard time knocking the way they played in that game. I mean, from beginning to end, pretty much, they were uh, in charge of that game on Friday night. They really, really were. Yeah, there there was, and I think I commented maybe to you or maybe to anybody that listens to me on Friday night, but I said that um, the Sun Devils surprised Denver with their speed. They, they surprised them with their speed and their physicality. I think Denver knew they were going to be physical, but I don't think they knew they were going to be fast and physical. And boy, oh boy, it was obvious sitting in Oceanside that they were faster and they were more physical. Now, Denver threw everything they had. Let me tell you, start of the second period, start of the third period, they poured on everything they had, and ASU answered them. Well, there were some, there were some, there were some key moments. Um, in the, I, be, I don't know if, can't remember if it was in exactly the second period. Uh, Denver got a two-on-one. Yeah. And and Josh Maniscalco yeah. went flying back and made a great defensive play, play. to mm-hmm. break up that two-on-one. Uh, I think that was early in the second period. I don't think that was late in the first period. I think that was early in the second period. I'm not 100% sure on the timing of it. I didn't. I know the play you're talking time. about, though. But you know I what play know I'm that. talking about, right. Um, uh, the... You know, they they had some four-on-four time, and Denver wasn't able to uh, to break through with the extra room on the ice. Um, they definitely skated with Denver uh, for most of that game on Friday night. They had a couple of minutes where Denver had some 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 heavy pressure and some and some big offensive zone time, but uh, especially early in the third period. I don't remember who shot the puck for Denver, but Evan DeBrower made a ginormous yeah. save early in the third period. He, he uh, made about 88 he, of those or something crazy. Well, we'll get to like Saturday that. in a minute, but um, he made a – it was a big stop. It kept the game at 2 nothing at that point. Um, Denver eventually uh, knocked home a rebound uh, in that scramble period that I'm talking about where Denver had some – 
some sustained pressure uh, after DeBrower made that save. But um, And usually we've seen the team, when they get in that situation, really struggle to bounce back yep. from that sustained pressure by the other team. That did not happen on Friday night. On Friday night, Denver had about four minutes where they really, really kept the pressure on ASU. And ASU managed to get a power play to break up that 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 pressure by Denver. Eventually, they got a, a power play goal to make it 3-1 to one at that point. And really, Denver was never really in the game at that point. Um, and it was just a huge game. Like I said, maybe top three in the four full D1 years. Well, let, let me let me tell you something that was kind of unique, too. Um, our own Zach Bondurant is down near the benches a lot taking photos. And he texted me twice right after Johnny scored his first and Johnny scored right. his second. And he said, the Denver coach is screaming, seven's on the ice. Seven's on the ice. And he said he hadn't more than finished screaming that. And Johnny scored the first goal. And then he said the second time, he screamed, seven's on the ice. And Johnny got loose for the breakaway goal and, and scored it. J- Johnny Walker with the natural hat trick. Uh, you know, that was impressive. Uh, they sealed one on an empty netter with Gruber, which right. was impressive. Because if there's an area that I've been a little worried about him uh, all year long and really since their inception is anytime another team pulls their goalie, they really have struggled. Friday yes. night, they didn't. They took control right. of it, and they buried the empty netter, and that was the sealer. That was the one that let the air out of the, the tires completely because Denver thought they were in the game all the way through until well, that one. They, they, they are a good enough team where they're never really out of the game, even if they're, they're not right. winning. So, I mean... You know, they, they ASU killed a four-on-three, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was huge earlier in the game. Yeah, uh-huh. That was a, a big, big moment in the game, not letting Denver get on the scoreboard. So, you know, Friday, like I said, was just about as good a game as they've played since they made the D1 jump. Okay, so Johnny Walker gets the hat trick. Gruber gets the, uh, the empty netter for a 4-1 victory. Um, Evan DeBrower just keeps getting better and better. Uh, I tried to tell everybody that would listen to me in April is that don't worry about the goaltending because Evan DeBrower is ready. Uh, and I think we really are all seeing that now that 16 months without playing a meaningful game is very difficult at any level, much less at an NCAA level. And for uh, Evan right now is more and more confident. Every single, he expects to win every game. He expects to make saves. And, and I relate this, and this probably isn't fair to him, but I relate him to every time I'm in Vegas and I get the chance to visit with Marc-Andre Fleury because Marc-Andre thinks he can stop every puck. That's just his well, mentality. I mean, Wouldn't you have are, to be to be a goalie? Would, yeah, wouldn't you but, have to be? Right, but they don't. a lot of the goalies don't come out and say, yeah, I'm going to stop every puck tonight. Marc-Andre believes every night that he goes on the ice for the Golden Knights that he's going to produce a shutout. Last night was a great example. His first game back since the uh, passing of his father, he comes out and uh, they gave up a power play goal, 27 seconds left, and he lost He lost a shutout. It was a 5-1 victory for Vegas, but he was visibly upset to the point where he wanted to smash his stick, and they won 5-1. Yeah, but wow. he thinks he can stop everything, and that's the way Evan DeBrower is right now. He came out and met the media Saturday night after an unbelievable performance. Yeah, well, we can he, get into that now if you want, because well, we go can. ahead and finish what you said. You know, finish what you're saying. Go ahead. So he so he came out uh, dressed in his suit, looking really sharp, very calm and collected. Uh, Mitch Terrell had to pick a few things out of his beard before he got in front of us. I, I joked. Well, I'm sure he's that. happy you said that. Yeah, I uh, I joked with him about that. I said Mitch had to clean you up a little bit, but. Uh, Evan's got such a great sense of humor it's just incredibly dry right so you have to like poke at him a little bit but but um, he, he was he was phenomenal and you want to know and when we get into the five minute flowers play we ended it with uh, a little thing called R-E-S-P-E-C-T a little respect mm-hmm. but let me tell you the respect that Evan DeBrower got um, David Carl told me that 
that he, he it was unbelievable. And he he said their goaltender won this weekend for them, in his estimation. Um, shortly after, I believe Sunday or Monday, there was a tweet from Joey Decord that said, ASU hashtag goalie you. Right. Uh, I, I saw that. Good I saw that. Today. Uh, there's respect for Evan DeBrower, and, and I feel bad for uh, Max Prodzik because he's going to have a really tough time getting into that lineup, just like well, Evan I was did gonna, last year. I was, I was going to say that. I was going to mention the fact that I don't think uh, Coach Power is expected to just go with one goalie straight from the top. I, I, I don't think – I mean, Max got a game in that first weekend against Mercyhurst. And hasn't really seen the ice since. Yeah. Um, but that's not a negative on his part. No. That's just Evan playing better and better. And I'll say this. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of the game um, itself on Saturday at Gila River. Um, that is probably. No, not, not probably. There is no doubt in my mind that that game Saturday night was the best individual game by an ASU goalie in their D1 history. Yeah. Obviously, Evan doesn't have the track record that Joey Decord had over three years. But as far as an individual game is concerned, I think that that's the best individual game as a goalie that ASU has gotten in its D1 history. Yeah, and you're not you're not alone there. That was word passed around up and down the the media circles all the way through. Everybody was talking about that performance. It was uh, it was, and here's the thing: it was fantastic. But I wouldn't be surprised if he turned around and did that again this weekend because yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly is, I don't know how you play better. I, I I don't know how as an individual in an individual game. You know you, you know what you know what Evan DeBrower will tell on you Saturday. You want to say, yeah, I gave up two goals. I can play better. I you get know what it. He told, you know what he told us? He said that last goal is the one that bothers him the most. Oh, it's going to bother him for Because a while. it trickled through. And, and I sat there and I said, been saying to myself, like long before that, I said, and if he gives up that tying goal, I just hope it's a good goal and, and not fluky. Well, yeah. but on top of that, I'm going to say this. I, I don't have the video to review it. Okay, and this is not something you heard the coach say, and I get that. I wouldn't expect the coach to say it, but the puck was in the ASU defensive zone for a faceoff 20 or 25 seconds earlier mm-hmm. because ASU got called for an icing mm-hmm. that never reached the goal line. I know. <laughs> it never re- – forget about whether a Denver guy touched it or barely yeah. touched it. It never reached the goal line. How do you call an icing on a play where the puck doesn't reach the goal line? Isn't that part of the definition of icing? Right. They, the uh, puck has to cross the other goal line? They made what was called an anticipation call, Paul. They, uh, well, they anticipated okay, it going fine. and blew the that's, whistle. But that's fine. But then you have the face off yeah. at center ice. You don't have it in the ASU defensive zone because you because it wasn't even close. It didn't even puck didn't even reach the face off dots and they called the icing. I know. You weren't alone there. And there, how there was... is that and, and listen, I don't know if the I wasn't there. You were right above the bench. I don't know if the coaches and the players were screaming about it or not. But the well, not, puck not on didn't... not on Saturday. I was opposed to both. 40,000 feet up in the press box. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) I'm sorry. But that puck never reached the face-off dots. Forget the goal line. Never reached the the face-off dots, and they got called for an icing. And there is no way, no way that that face-off should have gone in the AFU. They blew the whistle. Mistakes happen. When that happens, the the face-off usually goes to center ice. So now you have the face-off in center ice as opposed to uh, Denver winning the face-off in the ASU zone. And the last 40 seconds are completely different. I understand that Denver was the dominant team in that game Saturday and probably deserved a better fate. But they were Mm -hmm. handed a tie on a silver platter because they got a face-off in the offensive zone that they shouldn't have had. Right. 
Totally agree. Okay. On the same and, on the same token, what I would like to have seen happen was I'd like to see Coach Bowers use his timeout in that situation and just let the guys collect themselves, let them understand because this is what's been happening with them all all their existence. They get overwhelmed by that extra attacker. And they need to they need to in my estimation anyway, they need to do a couple of things. They need to calm down, realize the situation, and then they need to just they need to focus on not icing the puck. There's ways to send that puck down the ice without icing it. And in your yeah, but, case, but part of that, how much, how much a part of that is the building? Oh yeah, that definitely. Okay, I, I so, would say definitely. So, you know, that's, and we're not going to get into that right now. So, okay. All right. That's, so we're 20 minutes and, in. Let's, and, let's run wait that second, up. Wait a second. One more, one more. Yep. Okay. They called it offsides on Denver in the overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you remember that. Mm-hmm. Who had the puck? Yeah. <laughs> Who had the puck that they called offsides? I know. I know. Okay. And okay, you can't – I don't want to assume that they would have scored, but they would have had the puck in the Denver end because mm-hmm. Demetrius could have had a breakaway. Yep. Or at least some sort of two on one or a two on two, and who knows what happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so I agree. That's two call- Now listen, once again, Denver was the better team. Should have won the game. Okay? They got stoned by a hot goalie. Okay? But at those moments in time, when those calls were made, they had a major effect on the game. Yeah. And yeah. not it didn't happen once, it happened twice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I, I, you know, officiating is officiating, but the the frustrating part of it, and that's why I wanted to bring up with Coach Powers, who we'll bring on here in a minute, and and you'll hear the end of it, was I asked him about respect, right? I said, are you getting respect now? And I've tried to make a point of talking to the players when I get them on the Pitchfork profile. By the way, we will not have one because it's finals week, and apparently guys have to take class classwork seriously. But anyway, Seriously? Uh, <laughs> anyway, Sneak as we stuff. we talked about um, the respect factor, and I thought it was really really neat how Coach Powers said it. So I'm not going to give it away. I'll let you listen yeah. to it uh, with Coach Powers, and uh, then we'll come back and and prepare ourselves for Michigan State because uh, it's another really good goaltender coming up. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back with Coach Powers and five minute powers play. Welcome in, hockey fans from the desert southwest. It's another five-minute powers play with Coach Greg Powers. Coach, we're, uh, we're into this run now, right? We had 13 straight weeks in a row. We got a couple under our belt. Now we start a, a little road trip going on for the next three weeks. But let's recap a little bit of what happened last weekend with Denver. It, it was a good weekend. You know, it's like I told the guys after Saturday, it, it stung in the moment because of the nature of how – how we tied, and, and, and they were the better team Saturday night. They're, they're, they're tremendous, and they probably deserved a better fate than even a tie. It just was, was tough to take because you're 40 seconds away, you're a clear away, you're a block shot, whatever, uh, save away from, from getting a sweep. But uh, all in all, it was a, a very good weekend for us and um, one that, that we know we can build from. Okay, so building means a trip to East Lansing, Michigan, and a Saturday-Sunday matchup against Michigan State. You guys have jumped up in the pairwise a little bit, but that team's pretty good, isn't it? They're really good. I mean, they, they, they've only been swept by one team, and it's Cornell, who's arguably the best team in the country. They're, they're for sure a top-five team. So Michigan State has, has, outside of them, they've beaten everybody they've played. Um, and they're playing really, really confident uh, hockey right now after a sweep of Wisconsin, and, and they went into Ohio State and played them really tough, probably deserved a better faith than they got there. Um, so, our, you know, again, our schedule doesn't get any easier. It just gets harder and harder. So tell me what you can take from this last weekend on the road with you now. You, you're playing well at home, as you thought you would, but how do you take this game and make it travel? Just confidence, you know. I mean, our guys, we already knew we could play with everybody, but um, we're proving it, you know. And, and I mean, we're 7-1-2 and two in our last 10 games, and that's a really tough schedule, uh, tough stretch. Um, and, and and our guys are, are feeling good. You know, they, they, 
culture's great, um, and uh, we have a really good opportunity over the month of December that other teams don't have. I mean, everybody else is, you know, sending their kids home right now, right. you know, and, and they're going home for two, three weeks. Where our guys are staying here, you know, and I know moms and dads probably aren't that happy about that, but our guys are. They're, they're excited to be here without school, dial it in, go on a couple road trips, um, and, and take advantage of our time together. A couple of things that are sticking out to me as I look at your uh, season so far. Number one is you brought nine guys in uh, this year and contributions across the board. I mean, I look at the defensive guys like Semek and... Uh, um, Judson. Who Judson, yep. Um, man, did you think they were going to step up and do what they've done to put guys like Balanson and Janssen's and guys like that on the on the bench? Well, I mean, I, I knew that that Jacob and Jack would be what they are. Right. We, you know, they, you know. I mean, Jud, Judder's been committed to us for a long time. Right. We've known how good he is and, and obviously have, have followed and, and taken a big, uh, you know, invested uh, path in his, his development path to getting him here. Um, so we knew what we were getting. Semek was a big, big, big get for us um, when he decided to reopen his commitment, um, when he decided he wasn't going to go to Michigan anymore. Um, so we knew, you know, we, we knew how good they were and, and they're big pieces of our future. Um, you know, we have kids that, that are really good players that, that are having trouble getting in, yeah. you know, and that's what you want as a coach. Um, but uh, we're winning, and, uh, and that's what matters. Okay, another guy that stood out, I mentioned to you after Saturday night, is Willie Neerham. I just keep thinking he gets better and better, and, and he's, you know, I, I nicknamed him Big Heavy because he, can, he plays a heavy, heavy hockey game, but he's starting to do some things. I saw you use him a little differently today. Tell me a little bit about Willie Neerham and what he's meaning to you right now. Well, Willie's Willie's good. He's a really, really good hockey player, and and he just he he's kind of like out of the same thought process of, of as James Sanchez. He, he you know he went to Miami. It didn't work out. He had a year left, so he went back and played junior, built up his confidence, and then and we just wanted to to bring him in and let him be him. I mean, we 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 didn't want him to 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 try and be anything that he that he isn't. And and he's a heavy, hard really good skill on he's got a great skill set on him for his size and his bread and butter is is being a net front guy on a power play and and we wanted to let him build up his confidence and play the right way and earn his way onto a unit and he's done that he was tremendous today um he's only going to continue to get better and better he, he doesn't get any better than willie when it comes to character and, and him as a kid uh, and what he does for a locker room, off the ice, everything, he, what he brings to the table is, is, is invaluable. And, you know, the icing on the cake is he's a really good hockey player and he fits, uh, he fits our game. We want to be heavy. We want to be hard. And that's exactly what he is. You know, the other thing I want to touch on with the is goaltending because uh, everybody looked at your program this year and said, you're losing Joey Decord. What do you have in goaltenders? You told us, you told me at least since last April that we're going to be just fine in net. Evan DeBrower just continues to get better and better and better. Um, but not only that, but you guys have faced some unbelievable goaltenders already this year, and you got a lot left to go through, don't you? Yeah, you know, the, the kid we're playing this weekend for Michigan State is – He's, he might be playing better than anybody in the country. I mean, he's got over a .94, like that's unheard of. And um, so he, he's really good. Um, and uh, and we've, we've seen, we've seen some, Jared McKay is unbelievable at Mankato. Lekas, we've seen almost all the best goalies. So um, we, need, we need what Evan's given us to, to match what, what, what we're playing against, and he, and he is. Okay, so I saw a tweet the other day from Joey Decord that said, ASU, hashtag goalie you. <laughs> when you look across your program, and I, I said this to somebody earlier today, I said, when I look at your ACHA program, Jordan Nash-Bolden on the women's program, probably as good as it gets in ACHA women. I look at Bronson Moore and what he's doing for the ACHA D1 team. Then I look at, at the guys that you got here, and I'm going like, what's going on with ASU? Is this, is this goalie you? Yeah, maybe. Um... I mean, even dating back to the days, you know, where we're, you know, we're just still an ACHA program, the goalies we had were, were always incredible. Like, I mean, we, you know, with Robert Levin um, was a national tournament MVP and first team All-American at that level. We had Mark Shacker, who was All-American at that level. Joe Delia, who won a national championship with Davenport and came here. So we've, we've always prided ourselves on, on having good goaltending. You have to if you're going to win. 
Um, and, and certainly that, that uh, Evan and, and Max have done a great job. Um, you know, and we have an NHL draft pick on his way in to, to, to throw into the mix. Okay, so you keep building from the goal out. Let's wrap things up by uh, talking a little building stuff. We haven't talked about that for a while, but Colorado College announced their plans now. I know that's exciting to have uh, another school out west with an on-campus rink. How are things going here at ASU? What's your thoughts and uh, anything new to, to talk about on that front? No, nothing, nothing new. I, I, I know that, that uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff right around the bend. Um, but I'll leave that for the powers that be to talk about. But uh, it's exciting to see Colorado College get that done. And um, I think that uh, people here will be very excited when, when we announce ours. And, and I know that's coming much, much, much sooner than later. So that's, that's all I'll say. All right, so let's talk, uh, as we finish up today, let's, let's talk a little bit about the respect factor again, because all of a sudden, like, I, I don't know if Denver came in really thinking that they were going to have the, the matchup that they had, but I know when they left, they had respect. I had a chance to visit with David Carl, and he had nothing but complimentary things to say about your program. So is that something you keep seeing from teams that come here especially, that they just maybe underestimate you a little bit? I mean, maybe, you know. I mean, it, it's it's, you know... I mean, respect's a funny thing. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, you, you, you can't demand or command respect. In some cases, you can't even earn respect. Right. You know, but the only thing you can do is give respect, and we respect everybody that we play. Um, certainly respect Denver and, and the history of that program. And, um, you know, if you earn it and people give it to you, that's great, but, but you can't even always do that. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those funny things in life. You, you can, all you can do with the respect is give it. All right, Coach, you got two uh, big weekend games up in East Lansing, Saturday and Sunday, folks. So make sure if you're tuning in, you're watching Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Good luck this weekend, and we'll see you back here next week for another uh, week of practice. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refind your prime with M-Drive. We're back, folks. Uh, we just completed the five-minute powers play with Coach Greg Powers, who's gracious enough to sit down with us every week to, to talk a little Sun Devil hockey. Paul Ornstein, you had a chance to uh, hear the coach. Your thoughts on uh, this week with the five-minute powers play? Well, uh, you brought it up just before we went to the coach, the thing about respect. Um, I don't know. Uh when, when I see uh, calls made like that, that are obvious, and I don't want to bring this just down to the refereeing, um, as the new kids on the block, uh, ASU is going to have to earn whatever respect they get. Um, I will say this, and I talk to people who are college hockey fans, you know, on the Twitter account and uh, mostly, and they do agree with me to a certain extent. There are two camps when it comes to ASU having uh, an NCAA Division I team. And those two camps are one extreme or the other. <laughs> okay. You hit they, that on the head. They, they, they either love, the, the, the programs and the fan bases love the fact that ASU has a team, or they hate it. There's yep. no, there's no middle ground. Nope. And, correct. And, and, and if you're one of those folks in the negative camp, there's almost nothing ASU can do to change their minds. Well, that was a great point because that's what Coach Power said is he said, all you can really do is give respect, which they do. They respect every opponent that comes in and every place that they go, they respect them. But he said, there's sometimes you can't even earn respect. No, and uh, I think that comes from my home state, Minnesota. I don't think there's mm. anything that uh, Arizona State can do at the University of Minnesota that would ever earn their respect. I think uh. that's the hated side more than anywhere else. Find me mm. a place that there's hates a few you others. 
There are a few others. Throw throw somebody out the table. Move a little bit more west from where you're talking about. You're talking North Dakota? I didn't say that. You did. (laughs) Not as bad as Minnesota, trust me. Okay. Well, that's because because ASU hasn't played North Dakota yet. Right. But but Minnesota, it was was their whole season. And it's sad to say this, being uh, a Minnesota native like I am, but it was sad to say this last year. But you went to Duluth, not the... True. But I had friends that went to Minnesota, and uh, you know I still say that they made their whole season about beating ASU last March, last weekend of the year, the regular season. Okay. That but was that's... their whole. I know, but they were just they were hell bent on proving that nobody is going to come from Arizona and beat us in our building, and they played better than they played. Look at them this year. I, I thought for sure that Minnesota would be a top 20 team for sure. I even predicted, I think, that they would be a top 10 team, maybe even better than that. They are getting just hammered by people. They got no goaltending. Their their offense is, is okay, but their defense and their goaltending is just atrocious. And uh, you know what? Uh, just look at the pairwise. Look at where well, uh, ASU is versus everybody else. You know, well, I thought Wisconsin would, would put more W's up, too. Uh, yeah. Not that Wisconsin has been involved in any of this, but my point is Omaha is better than anybody thought they would be. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin is not winning as much as they It's a very topsy-turvy year uh, in college hockey. Um, you know what Coach calls that? Parody. Parody? Yeah, yep. well. Yep. So... Anyway, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, that was my takeaway from it. I also asked him about goalie U. I said, and I thought that was really cool. Unprovoked, he brought up about all of his goalies from the ACHA days. Yeah, well, that's good for him. Good for him. I, I can't say as if I'm surprised at that at all. So he um, said, I, I said, is this goalie U? And he said, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Which I thought was great. <laughs> but yeah, spoken, don't, like a, don't, spoken like a true goalie. Let me tell you this. Don't ever worry about Coach Powers' teams having goalie issues because he will never let that happen. I guarantee you. And nothing is more than Cole Brady coming in next year. He's going to be a second draft pick, NHL draft pick goaltender. And everything that I've heard, and, and I have heard from various people about Cole Brady, that he is going to be sensational. The question is, how long are you going to be able to keep him? Because you can only keep Joey Decord three years. You might not get Cole Brady more than three years. But can you imagine Cole Brady and Evan DeBrower next year? Well, listen. Um, you know, I had a short conversation uh, in June or early July, whenever it was, uh, with somebody that was talking about the Devils' uh, – development camp and I asked specifically about Brady and uh, they said he was very very good at the development camp so um, uh, I so think I think that's the next step full. oh yeah I think that's the next step for ASU though is they got to start putting some more guys on the roster that have a, uh, a, a little, little logo next to them yeah yeah they only got one right now time time you know takes time but but I know but that's that's part of it and then let me get back to the respect thing with, with Denver. Denver's social media was beating up ASU because they've been around 70 years and had eight national championships or whatever, and, and all ASU had was 2,000 uniform jerseys. Um, and they were, you know, but, but guess I what happened? The person that's been around five years destroyed the one that was uh, around 70 years. So I think age may have caught up to Denver. Yeah, I laughed because uh... – <laughs> When I was in high school, I got about 2,000 letters from the University of Denver trying to get me to go there. So I thought that was a little on the ironic side. But, right. uh, you know, things happen for a reason. So Okay. The other thing that I that, – well, I talked to Powers about a bunch of different things. But um, I, I got to give him so much credit because he told me – I remember the day when we were talking about how his team was going to look the first year in the hybrid season. And he said – We've got to be big. We got to be strong. We got to be old. Um, and every year since, he's identified old. And I say old with quote, air quotes because these guys aren't old. But he identified this offseason that he was going to lose Anthony Croston and Dylan Holman. And he needed, in his, in his words, two 
older players, mm-hmm. more mature players to come in. He identified James Sanchez. He identified Willie Nerum. He brought them in. Tell me two players other than the two defensemen, uh, Jack Judson and uh, Jacob Semek, who have made bigger impacts uh, as newbies on this roster because, man, oh, man, Nerum and Sanchez is exactly what the doctor ordered. Well, yeah, they had to get those guys. Um, they play completely different roles than the two freshman defensemen who have been very solid as a number two defensive pair, even though they were broken up this weekend. I was very uh, curious about that. Um, I should have made you ask the coach that. That's a bad job on my part. Um, well, I can kind of answer that for you. And I think that's that's just like I was telling you with Willie Neerham going on to the power play unit and earning his way into the power play unit. I think he's still experimenting because if you remember back the last I don't know. Since the very beginning, we were doing the powers play this year. He keeps telling me that this team has not reached its potential. It right. wasn't close. He said they're closer now, but uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he said they were at 50% of their potential. Right. Well, and I think what he's doing is mixing and matching some guys to find out. That's why Demetrius Komenzis moved to the second line. He said, Demetrius didn't deserve a demotion, and it wasn't a demotion. It was that Demetrius likes to defer, and having him play with Sanchez and Johnny, he was deferring to them all the time instead of maybe taking the open shot or maybe making the pass because he was, you know, deferring to those guys. So he wanted to put him on a line that allow him to thrive, right? And, no, and he, they need him. They're going to yeah. need him. So, <laughs> Are they ever coming um, down the stretch? Well, how about just this week? They're facing a goalie with a 1.7 goals against average and a 940-plus <laughs> save percentage. And, um, you know, most of their losses have been to really good teams. Yeah. Well, but let me tell you on the flip side from ASU, and this is how they're looking at it. They played Dryden McKay. They played oh, yeah. Stephanos Lekas. Yes. They, they played cool. This guy's playing they, right there with them. He, I know. He, he might not have the track record that the other two guys have, but right now this year, he's playing on that level. So. Oh, yeah, and they know it. I mean, they know it, but they're not – they're so confident in their ability. This team is – and I told you that from, from summertime. I said, this team is really confident. That's why they won in China, because they had confidence. You can talk about the roster that they played against over there. Maybe they weren't the greatest or weren't best in shape or whatever, but ASU – won a tournament, right? And anytime you win a tournament, and Coach will tell you this, no matter who they're playing, it's a big deal. And it, it carries a lot of weight. These guys talk about China a lot. When you're, when you're around them and you ask them things, they all bring up China, the China experience. And I thought what was unique, and, and we'll see how this plays out, but Coach Powers, I, I asked him today, I said, you know, we're in the middle of this 13 straight weeks of hockey for you competitive hockey and he goes yeah it's different because a lot of the teams are sending their players away for two weeks right now and uh, they're going to have this break at Christmas time and we're going to play right through it not only play right through it but we're going to play competitive hockey right through it Michigan State, Omaha Harvard, Michigan Tech right Right. down the line I mean those these next eight games are make or break for the season if you ask me because after that I don't want to say it gets easy but it gets easier once you get past the uh, Michigan Tech series, yeah. Well, let's uh, let let's let's look at it this way. Uh, this Michigan State team right now, I think, second in the Big Ten. Okay, they uh, have a much more balanced team than they had last year when they were basically a one-line team. Yeah. Uh, so you can't sit there and say I got to shut these guys down because if I shut these guys down, then we will have a really good chance to win the game. They're getting much more balanced scoring this year. Um, it's not a coincidence that ASU was really working on their power play this week. Yeah, just got to bring that up. <laughs> okay. Um, what looks to be Michigan State's biggest weakness is their penalty kill. Yes. They're in the 70s. Yep. Okay. Um, so if you can force the play – and force Michigan State to go to the box instead of the other way around, 
you increase your chances to beat them. And by the way, that's a 75% or a 70% penalty kill with a goalie that's got a 1.7 goals yeah. against average. <laughs> Go figure, right? Well, Go what figure. that tells you is that's where they're giving up most of their goals. Right. So, five yeah. on five, yep. they're, they're playing really, really well. So, Well, let me tell you this, and I'm going to give Coach Bowers kudos again for this one. Last week, anybody that would listen to him heard two words, puck management, puck management. He said, we have to have puck management. We have to have the puck. We have to keep it away from Denver. They can't have the puck. I believe it's going to be the same thing this week. It's going to be keep the puck and see what happens. And I believe the confidence level soared because last week he told them, if you keep the puck, you will beat this team. And they kept the puck, and they won the game, and they tied the game. And they and like he said, the bad part about the tie is the way it ended. Right. You know, he said right. we probably shouldn't have been there, but when we were you there, That's we right. felt yeah, we could have closed it out. You know? right. So, and we talked since the very beginning of the show, way back in April. You and I have talked about how a hot goaltender can steal you a game, and almost did. and and sometimes it works that way yeah. uh, for your team too, yes. right? Evan DeBrower yes. went out there. It's yes. not just a team that can beat you because right. of a hot goaltender, but you can also do that. So, no pitchfork profile this week because uh, the the guys are in class doing doing their studious thing. Silly finals <laughs> classwork stuff. Here, and here's what I want to follow up on that. Um, I heard some of the guys talking to other people today and, and I kind of overheard the conversations and they were going like, yeah, you know what? We don't get to go home for Christmas, but this is going to be a time. And this came from Willie Neerham. He said, this is going to be a time for us or we're forced to spend time together. Oh my with, Lord. With our teammates. And he oh said, it's going to be a lot of fun because <laughs> he said, there are no classes. There are no family time. This is going to be us. We're going to be together as a group. And he was genuinely looking forward to being able to spend time with his teammates. And I can't help but think that that's going to grow this whole thing even bigger. Well, here's the other advantage to that. They're going to play at Michigan State this week. And they're going to come back. Yep. And they're going to go to Omaha. Right. Okay. Um you would necess- would worry about the amount of travel, except they don't have to go to class. Yeah. So they have more of a time to recover from the travel. And obviously to go to, you know, Irvine, California is almost a, is you, you get into your plane seat and that's assuming they fly. I can't imagine they would yeah. drive, but. No, I'm sure they're flying. You blink and you're already there. So, um, and then, uh, I don't know when the semester resumes. Probably right around the time they got to go come up here to Providence to go play Brown. Yeah, um, right after Tech. Right after Tech, they'll go back to class. Okay, so but the, so they'll both they will still have been uh, rested enough where that first trip to Providence no probably not going to be a big deal. Uh, even with, with class starting again, it's the first week of class and a new semester. And I don't care whether they probably will get a head start on their classwork, but it's still the first week of the semester and you're still trying to figure out where the room is. Yeah. And I think, I think what's probably a bigger thing, Paul, and I don't think enough is being made of this, but you saw it this week. I saw it this week, right? The media day was normally Tuesday. It's always been Tuesday. It was Wednesday this week because the practice schedule fluctuated. They didn't practice yesterday. They practiced right. today. They practice tomorrow, then they're flying out. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a little different. It's Saturday, Sunday. You gotta change right. your mindset just a little bit on that. Plus, you're talking about Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Next right. week, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Right. The following week, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Late Sunday Saturday afternoon. Isn't that a uh four o'clock in the afternoon start that first game? Um yeah, yeah. I mean, it's eh. it is, but it's it, it's. But the Sunday game is early. That's a one yeah. o'clock start in California. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, it's different, right? Because yeah, sure. it's not, it's not, you know. And this is one thing that I thought was odd about Denver. 
every team that's played ASU at Oceanside and at Gila River has stayed across the parking lot from Gila River. Then they bust over, and then they bust to play at Oceanside, then they bust back, and they play at Gila River. Denver did just the opposite. Denver stayed in Tempe and bust out and then bust back. And they Mm. also stayed an extra day. They didn't go home Saturday night after they stayed till Sunday. But what I'm saying is, here's the difference. Staying at Gila River, there's nothing to do when you're out there. But staying in Tempe, there's some things you can do. And they stay between Tempe and Scottsdale. I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I have do. no idea what you're talking about. Yes, you do. Anyways, no, I don't. Uh, not, that dry riverbed has now got a river in it, but there's still a bridge. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no comment. All right. Anyway, I also I have... Thought, I thought sorry. that was unique. I thought that was yeah. very unique. Yeah, well, listen. Good for good for Denver. They That's yeah. probably what they, the other team should do, but eh, it is what it is. Um Anyway, I I'm I want to see how that Sun Devil team plays Saturday Sunday, and I want them to prove it to me that they can handle Saturday Sundays because they're going to have to. They got three in a row, and well, they got four in a row because they they adjusted the Michigan Tech thing to be a Saturday Sunday also for mm-hmm. Michigan Tech because yeah. Tech is coming off of their icebreaker or whatever tournament that is, um, Great Lakes tournament Great Lakes. Or whatever. Yep. Yeah, so they're. Uh, they they requested a Saturday Sunday as well, so that's four weeks in a row that the weekend right. games are going to be Saturday Sunday. So right. I, I'm just saying, if, if there's anything, and maybe it's going to work to their advantage, maybe it isn't. We'll see. Um, maybe well, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll see much 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 sooner than later. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll okay. See. I know what you're leading into right now. Nope, so I'm what? not leading okay. into anything. Uh, I just lead, said it. Okay, hey, it's I'm, a coincidence. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Big news uh, no. that wasn't really big news broke uh, yesterday for Colorado College as right. they uh, announced that they are building their first ever on-campus um, hockey facility, and uh, nice. they're excited about it. Right? It should be. <laughs> uh, so I figured when that is up, I, I needed to ask Coach Powers a about that and having another on-campus facility in the West. And then I asked him about the status from, or if there were any updates. Uh, I didn't really think I was going to get anything, so I wasn't really prying for that. Anything. I just wanted to hear, like you always say, just hear him say something. Right. Um, once again, he was emphatic, as you probably heard in the five-minute powers play, that things are going to happen much. I think, How many times did he say much? Four? Three? I, four? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, you were. He said much, 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 much sooner than later, I believe. Go back and listen to it. I know you will. Uh, so anyway, um, I have you no know, idea what you're talking about. Some, I didn't hear anything about shovels, and uh, until I, till he walks onto <laughs> in, onto Powers play with a shovel in his hand, then <laughs> until <Okay>. then, <laughs> mom's a word from the Long Island Devil. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. Well, anyway, congratulations to Colorado College because they are getting a new facility. They uh, they uh, earned it. It's uh, it's great for college hockey. I think anytime two things that I think college hockey needs, Paul. I don't know if you agree with me on this or not, but I think college hockey needs their own facility on campus. I, I think you need the student on campus environment. The second thing that I think you need is a band. You need to bring your band in and fire things up. Let me tell you how crazy that that sounds like. But Michigan Tech thrives off of their band. Minnesota Duluth thrives off of their band. North Dakota. I I get all of that. And I will say this. I I get the whole atmosphere. I get all this sort of of, uh, do this and get these people involved. What you're talking about is a situation where for most of those programs and most of the programs, I tend to agree with you. Um, but like some of the programs like the at Minnesota and at North Dakota and maybe Wisconsin um, and, and some of those places, uh, they have those big facilities in places that are not on campus because they are the focus. 
of not just the campus, but the town. Right. And well, the certainly that's North. Well, North Dakota's is on campus, even though okay, it's well, a I'll, 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 town. Okay. Well, listen. I don't know. I don't know the geography. This is just my uneducated uh, the well, here's, thought that here's comes a, to my head. So let me throw but, this out. Let me make a bold prediction for you. In addition to my magic number, which by the way remains at six one. Okay. One. <laughs> I had to get that in there quickly, but um, you have to say it much faster than that. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing that I think. Here's my bold prediction. I saw pictures from a friend of mine. And you know him, Jess Myers, covers Minnesota hockey. He went to Ohio State, and he took a picture right. of Ohio State's arena before right. the, the second game. He goes, apparently the Ohio State fans went to the football game because there was nobody in that arena. It was embarrassing for Ohio State hockey to have about as many fans as were in Oceanside. Okay, right. so that was embarrassing. Minnesota is just atrocious at drawing fans. They can't get anybody in that building. North That's... Dakota went there and brought more fans than Minnesota brought. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know what's happened there uh, because obviously that used to be. Can I tell you what's happened there? Besides the fact they haven't won a national championship in no winning, they haven't won a national championship. They haven't even been in a tournament to speak of for a while. So that's not acceptable in Minnesota. And they brought in a new coach to uh, to change that, Bob Motzko, and it hasn't changed yet. And no, not yet. people are getting restless already, though. I'm telling you, they don't want to wait. So let's, hear me out. What's happening in at Arizona State is Coach Powers has done everything in his, pardon the pun, power to – Put a competitive team together on the ice. Year in and year out, he just restocks. Everybody said, oh, they're going to be in trouble at goaltender because they lost Joey to court. How can you predict them to do anything? He knew it's not, what he had. Well, it's, well, yeah, but the the outside world, and that includes us, I know. I, until you see it, you're not you're going to. Well, I've been around Coach Powers long enough to know that he's not derelict in his duties. He's not going to leave I didn't anything. I say he was. Up. I'm just. Listen, I know, but he's have... not going to leave anything unturned. If he didn't think Evan DeBrower was the man, he would have found a way to get somebody else. There's no other way around it. He believes in Evan DeBrower. He did. He does. He will. Um, but he also knows that Cole Brady's pretty darn good, and he's bringing him in. And like I said, the, the guys that – and I on the power play, I told him, I said, you brought in nine guys, and they're making – Majority of them were making contributions. Who would have thought that your two freshman defensemen were not only going to be paired together, but we're going to oust the guys. And I know Max Balanson's been hurt, but Max Balanson and Gavito Janssen's and Connor Stewart, they can't get in the lineup because, yeah. because the two freshman guys that he recruited brought in. And he talked about it. He said that Jack Judson is a, a commit for as long as – anybody has ever been committed to ASU and Jacob Semick was a a kid that was going to go to Michigan that reopened his recruitment and ended up at Arizona state. Um, Those are big, big factors right now and in the future for ASU. There's a chance that they could lose Brinson and Maniscalco. Oh, well, we know, we know know one one of them is gone because they're a senior, but right. uh, But they can lose them both. They could, they absolutely could. And, you know, I was having a discussion um, with one of the USCHO writers, uh, Paula Weston, about uh, ASU and and, and the Michigan State Series because she covers the Big Ten. And, you know, I I told her, I said, to me, at least from the start of the year to this point in the season, forgetting about an individual game, I I still say that Josh Maniscalco has been the best player on this team. And, and I mean, obviously he wasn't better than Evan DeBrower was on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. No, but you're talking Saturday. But I'm talking about from, from, from day one, from the start of the season, he's been their most consistent best player. So everybody would agree with you. No, but we know his name and the people around the program know his name, but in terms of a national recognition, Nobody no. really knows who he is. No. no. 
the Bruins might know who he is after oh, the development yeah, they camp. Do. They do. Okay. They do. But in terms of national recognition, as far as his name is concerned. So. Well, anyway, what all, what my bold prediction that I got away from was that ASU hockey is going to thrive and, and reach points higher than I believe Minnesota and Ohio state in the very, very near future over the next five to 10 years. And the reason I say that is, is because coach powers has got the structure in place and the pipeline in place to continually bring in solid players. And once that arena gets built, they're going to have, and trust me, it has to get built because the program won't be here if it doesn't. So, so it has to get built. But once that happens, you're going to have something to build around. And that's why I say in a, in an environment like Arizona, you have to put a winner out there. You have to put a good facility up and you got to involve other people. And that's where they're going to involve the bands, the 942 crew. They're going to have a very solid, they may have one of the best student sections around because a lot of places don't promote their student sections a lot. Michigan tech. Yes. North Dakota. Yes. But Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, their student sections aren't what ASU is going to be. One no, I, 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 I think that if that gets done, that my guess is on a regular basis, you'll have anywhere from 750 to 1,000 students in that building on a game-by-game basis. It's going to be and, more than that. They're going to well, have 2,000 seats for them. Well, okay. I mean, I don't – well – Okay, I'm waiting for them to tell me that. So, um. <laughs> but but let me tell you what's going to happen is at a, at ASU, as you know, right now there's a a athletic fee that you pay. Every student right. pays. No, it. absolutely, and that, I, and that absolutely. gets them in, and that gets them into any athletic event they want right. to go right. to. Right. And right now there are a number of people that would love to go watch hockey that can't get in because there's not yeah. enough seats. There's not seats. Yeah. No, I get so, that. I totally get that. So anyway, I'm just saying that in these areas that are, quote, traditional hockey markets and this area that's non-traditional hockey, uh, non-traditional is going to pick up speed in a hurry. And I'll tell you, it's not college hockey, but it's happening in Vegas. I don't know if you caught wind of Mark Andre coming back. I'll revert to this one more time. But he came back, and not only did he have an outstanding game, but when they introduced him for the starting lineup, it was so loud. I have never heard a hockey arena that loud. And everybody was, it's been on Twitter. It's all over. You couldn't even hear yourself think in that building because that's how much they love that hockey. And that's, that's waiting to happen down here. The, the coyotes are starting to generate that now because they're winning, but yet still people go, Oh yeah. Like here, here's what happened last night to the coyotes. They they came back from a great road trip where they beat Chicago on Sunday. They played Calgary. They outshot Calgary bad. They ran into a hot goaltender. They yep. lost. And the media this morning was going, "Yeah, I'm not so sure about the Coyotes." And I'm going, "Like, are you crazy?" I don't. I don't, I, I don't want to get into that because uh, first of all, we could spend another two or three hours, <laughs> and I haven't and I haven't been well, that my close point, to the Arizona media in terms of. Uh, but my my point is, you have to. You have to build the program, build the arena, then build the fan base. And and they tried, they, they're trying to build a fan base. And believe me, nobody knows it more than I do because I'm going out there trying to sell advertising to people, right? They they don't know it exists. And I keep showing them and telling them and going like, look at this. I you know I said, for example, my pitch right now is Paul Hornstein's coming from New York to California. You don't want to be a part of that. It's a live broadcast for three shows. And, and you people don't want to sign up right now. Well, I'll leave that to you. That's your job. <laughs> but so I'm I telling you, him, put Zach's picture up there. He's much better. He's much better looking than we are. <laughs> anyway, let's end it on that note, Paul. I'm, uh, I'm still trying to survive here from this cut off of cold I have. Um, I know you're tired. It's been a long day for you. It's getting oh late. no, this listen, this this jacks me up. You know that. I long days or not, this is this is uh, well. This we're gonna be back. Up. We're gonna be back next week. We're gonna be previewing the trip to Omaha. We're gonna be previewing your trip to California, and okay. then we'll uh, we'll tease a little bit about. Hopefully, we'll have a little more plans laid out as to what's gonna happen in California. And I'm excited about 
doing something live. You know, I wanted to do that forever. So, right. Um, I want to do something live where we can actually have a Facebook show that people can go to and, and see it. So hopefully this is going to be an introduction to something we can do more often, but we'll give it a shot in California and see how things turn out. And we'll see what so happens from now till uh, the end of the weekend forks up. I hear you. He doesn't even have to say it, folks. He just has to show the forks up. Show the fork, baby. They're headed to uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Paul and I will be back next week with another College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast. Also want to tease just a little bit that uh, Paul and I are doing another podcast every other Sunday called Do You Believe in Miracles? It's ReliveTheMiracle2020.com, coming to Las Vegas, Nevada, January or uh, February 22nd. Um, going to be a big night to relive 40 well, that's, years that's of two the or three day, That's a two or, three day, two or three day thing, isn't it? Yeah, it starts on the 21st and then that goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe, with the guys. So we're looking forward to that. But tune into the podcast. Go right to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Click on the podcast that says uh, Relive the Miracle. Do you believe in miracles is uh, our site. What we're talking about, go to the website, see some of the stuff we're putting up there. It's uh, growing every single day so don't miss it and make sure you check out the photos on uh, i probably get them all over the place but definitely get them all on facebook for from zach uh Mondoran, our yeah, he's unbelievable he's awesome he's awesome some really good stuff so he really does make sure you get out there and check some of that out and uh and throw zach a little pat on the back when you see him or send him a little message tell him thanks for the great work because without him um we're just talking about it you're not seeing it yeah, well, he's, you know, it just, he's, he gets great shots, great shots. Hard work and best in the business. Yeah. Let's leave it on that note. Paul Hornstein, enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week. Feel better, Scott. I'm working on it. Let's uh, final shout out to the, uh, the sponsors. We got uh, our good friends at Behind the Mask, our good friends over at OxyPow, our friends at M-Drive, yeah. the Ice Den, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Okay. Oceanside Ice Arena, which, by the right. way, folks, Oceanside is now getting in some new gold jerseys first, then black, and gray ones will be out in the summer. But there's uh, jerseys coming your way at Oceanside, so if you're looking for a Christmas gift, get over there, pick something out, go online and find out at Devil's Hockey Shop. Yeah. Um, all kinds of good stuff going on there. Who am I missing, Paul? Uh, College um, Bar and Grill, which we lost, unfortunately. Well, everybody uh, lost them. Yeah. Um, we're going to have College Bar and Grill because I have a feeling that Joe Healy and you guys are going to get back in business somewhere uh, soon you know, because uh, they were on the rise. So we're going to keep shouting out to College Bar and Grill and, and bring them back. Well, I'm sure they appreciate it. Um, do, we, do we get everybody? I think we got everybody. Uh, I, I think we did. We're going to also throw out our newest sponsors coming on. Um, our good friend Roger Klein, Roger Klein of the Peacemakers, and Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine, going through a rebranding. They're coming on board with us after the first of the year. Yeah, I was gonna. I didn't know how. I don't. I can't remember the name because I don't say it as much as you do. So. Roger Klein, Mexican Moonshine. Okay, I, I like I, it. I told Roger. I told Roger. I said, "You are an ASU alum. I know you tell me you don't know anything about hockey because you played soccer, but doggone it, Roger, I'm bringing you on to talk music." And uh, and talk a little Mexican moonshine or what the new label is going to be. So maybe we'll get Roger on the show one day. There you go. I'm down with that. All right, Paul. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. You got it.